Welcome to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. Before we get into it with Lewis Phillips, let's talk about Racetech. Racetech.com, Pulp22 is the code to save. Give your bike some love. It'll give you love back. Uh, Racetech.com and uh, get suspension work done, seals, bushings, oil, change it all out, as well as get uh, uh, motor work done, too. They do that, too. They've helped out privateers for a long, long time. Privateer proven, Racetech, Racetech.com. And also, thanks to the folks at All Balls, man. They have a whole line of products there from the uh, Vertex Pistons to the uh, Hot Cams to the uh, uh, Build-A-Bike, uh, Bike-in-a-Box group. The All Balls Racing Group has got you covered. Carburetor rebuild kits as well. Obviously, uh, get that going if you have an older bike. But they uh, they have a line of products. And Pivot Works. I forgot to mention Pivot Works. AllBallsRacing.com. They can help you out. Check them out online. Uh, peruse some of their products. If you're rebuilding a motorcycle, this is quality parts, quality products. And uh, please check them out. Thanks to the folks at All Balls for coming on board this podcast. Now, listen to myself and Lewis Phillips. Rap about stuff. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks to the folks at Fly Racing. Of course, their 2023 line is out now uh, from the Kinetic to the Evo to the F16 to the light stuff. It's all there. The Kinetic Mesh is my favorite. Uh, and uh, please check it out, flyracing.com. For more information, go to motorsport.com as well. Head to toe, fly as you cover. They've got the boots, the Zone Pro goggle, the Formula helmet, all the lines of gear. Got great mountain bike stuff as well. So thank you to the folks at Fly Racing for making this podcast happen with Lewis Phillips. Looking forward to talking to him. Also, thanks to the folks at Renthal, Maxis, Cobolinks, Motorsport.com as well. All for uh, chipping in on this podcast. Uh, Renthal, uh, made over there in the U.K., uh, not Wales, I believe, but it's somewhere in the the, the, the England area. Uh, Renthal.com, Factory Kawasaki, Red Bull KTM, Factory Honda, all on board with Renthal. Sprockets, chains, bars, everything else. Thank you to the folks at Renthal. They've got you handled, too. 7 eight bar, fat bar with no crossbar, twin wall bar with the crossbar. Uh, you know the stuff is really good. If you're listening to this and you've got a motorcycle, chances are you have used Renthal. Over the years. So thank you to Renthal. Maxis Tires, too. A Ray K, the Maxis SGB Honda team. Maxis.com, mountain bike tires as well. And uh, light truck tires, trailer tires. Maxis.com for more information on that. Speaking of Renthal, on the line with me uh, somewhere in the world at an MXGP race to talk about a little bit of GP stuff, a little bit about his career, a little bit about uh, what he wants to do. A buddy of mine uh, for a few years now. It's from MX Vice. It's Lewis Phillips. What's up, Lewis? How are you, man? Not a lot. Life's good. I'm in Finland, sunny Finland. First uh, time here. Obviously, nice. you're a you're a Finland local. You've done this a few times, I guess. But yeah. um, no, yeah. life is good. No, yeah, good. GP bound. Yeah, absolutely. Covering the MXGP series. You've been in studio for Pulp MX show a few times. You've come to America to watch some Supercrosses. Uh, you follow everything on our side of the ocean pretty closely, but. I kind of wanted to do this podcast, deep dive into a little bit more about you, Lewis. Not music trivia, you know, nothing like that, just more about you. So, Well, music trivia went so well last time that it's kind of pointless doing it again because, like, once you've won something, yeah. why win it again? Yeah, why keep why keep going it? I agree, absolutely. Um, 
First of all, look, I think I'm coming over to the uh, to the England Supercross, the World Supercross round to check that out. And I am getting so much heat, Lewis, from this Wales thing. It, it, you know, I, I know England and I know Scotland and I know Ireland, but apparently there's a country called Wales and that's where the Supercross race is. And these people on Twitter are angry with me. And uh, you're an Englishman. Uh, I don't know where you're from, but uh, wh- where am I at? How do I fight these people off? Um, I'm probably not the best person to ask because what I'm about to say will anger everyone. And I may never make it back. I may never <laughs> return from Finland. But I look at it as the same thing. Like, Wales is... Li- like, it, I look at it as the same thing. I think, I think I even have family in Wales. I'm not even sure. But I think I have family in Wales and I don't think of them as being in a different country. They speak another language. I don't, I don't know what that's about because why do they need to? But I, it's not a big deal. I don't see why this is so outrageous to people. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. What do you mean they speak another language? What do you mean? They've got their own language. Welsh is a language. But, like, it's English? Oh, no, it's, it's like, like, it's so out there, it's like Arabic. Like, there's no resemblance. <laughs> I like, honestly, like, it's not like the same words changed a little bit. Like, the the... Signs don't make sense to you if you don't know the language. Like it's very. Oh, um, I didn't. I didn't know it's this. It's a far stretch. I didn't know this. Well, listen, all the people getting on me about Canada. You know, that's like saying Canada is part of U.S. I, my my comeback would be like, Canada has an economy and a dollar and exports lumber uh, among other things, grain and lumber and like you know a major in- importer exporter in the world. Just tell me what Wales does for the world. You know, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll acknowledge you guys as a real country here. It just seems like well, this is... Canada's massive. Well, yeah, it's massive. Yeah. Like, Wales is like the size of, like, one house, I think. I, I don't think it's that big. It's probably the smallest country in the world. <laughs> I don't know, man. But when I say I'm going to the England Supercross, can everyone just leave me alone? Like, please? Just leave me alone. I'm going to the English Supercross. I'm pretty sure yeah. the World Supercross guys aren't, like, labeling this the World Supercross of Wales. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's... I don't think they want to be starting their series in Wales. I think they're starting their series in the UK or England or something uh, I don't like know, that. man. I don't know. But, all right. Good to know that you're kind of on board with me, and, and now you may not yeah, be I'm, allowed... I'm, I'm, yeah. getting, uh, I'm getting destroyed for that, but <laughs> it's how I feel. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, hey, man, let's talk a little bit about the MXGP series, for one. Uh, you know, I, as we said, that's what you cover. That's your main thing. After an epic... 2021, uh, Febra, Hurlings, guys are going at it. You know, uh, Febra is out from the, the injury in, in Bercy and just got back. And, and Hurlings, of course, we know he's been out all year. And guys just got over a 100-point lead. You, you, it, it, the, the air is after an epic year, and it happens. It's not a condemnation on the series itself. It just happens. We have the same thing over here in America once in a while. It's, it's been, a, it's been a, uh, a lackluster MXGP season, Lewis. Yeah, and I've been called negative a lot this year by um, just about everyone in the paddock. But it does happen. Like, the perfect example that I've said uh, probably 100 times this year, 2011 Supercross, incredible. Best season ever. Amazing. Will be talked about for hundreds of years. 2012 Supercross, six short months later, terrible. Injuries ruined it. Everyone got injured. Even the champion got injured. Like, it just happens. This year has been... I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, there's yeah, not really it just, much to It, it just say. happens. It happens. And, and, and last year was epic. Last year was amazing. Yeah. Right? And, and like, um, yeah. the, the, last, the last two rounds last year, I was walking around saying to everyone, like, we need to make the most of this because whatever happens next year, there is absolutely no way it will be as good as this. Like, mm-hmm. this is once in a lifetime type stuff. Yeah. And everyone just looked at me like I was the most negative person in the world. And I was like, oh, no, like, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand what you people want from me. Like, I can tell you that this is great 24-7. Yeah. But I'm not going to yeah. lie. Yeah, I, I, I get heat like that over here, too. And I'm just, yeah, I, I, just, like, I don't know what you want me to do, man. It just happens. You know, what can we do about injuries, bikes, and, and this? And I'm just like, uh, it just happens, man. Like, in 1998, in two strokes, I was there as a mechanic, and there were, like, four factory riders by the end of the year in 1998. It was... Uh, Everyone got hurt. It wasn't go. There wasn't much going on, and it's fine. Like that, exactly. That's that's normal. So, um, and like um, like MXGP can't even be blamed for the injuries because they all happened. Uh, Fever at Bercy, hurlings at a photo shoot. Like mm-hmm. as far as MXGP races go, there have been like very few injuries this year at the races. Yeah. So like it just yeah, it's just circumstance. 
Um, I guess uh, I don't want to get you in trouble here. I don't want to get you mad and hanging up on me. How much is Jeremy Sewer's uh, recent run here due to Tim Geyser having a hundred point lead? Because uh, you know, or is this is this Sewer? Is this is this for real? I, I it's for real. Don't get me wrong. I don't quite know how to say it, but you know what I'm saying. Like, uh, what what do you think? Yeah, no. Um, it's fine. Dividers here, they don't mind. I can be as honest as I like, and they still will talk to me. It's great. Um, it's okay. It's a bit of that, obviously. He is riding better than ever because that's obviously clear. He's. I think last year he won one GP. The year before that, he won one GP. So mm-hmm. like the fact that he's strung three together now in the last uh, two months is something. Um, the first half of the season was disappointing. Uh, like, he was meant to be this good all along. I think everyone expected him to mm-hmm. be in the mix, at least. Maybe, okay, he wasn't. He probably wasn't going to take the title from Tim, but everyone expected him to be close enough. Yeah. Um, he was struggling. I don't want to get you mad now, and I don't want you to hang up, but he was struggling with Blue Crew setup oh. quite a lot. Oh, the first give, give, me a break. give me a break. <laughs> um, to the point... To the point where I think in one post-race interview, he said that he would like me to have a go at setting up his bike because everyone had no clue. So, uh-huh. um, they, so like the first GP that he won, uh, France, what a race. That was, that'll go down in history. Um, that, that GP, he made a big bike change. Like he said, he kind of trusted himself for once and said to the team, like, you're going to say I'm crazy, yeah, yeah. but we're all going in this direction and I don't want to hear like a complaint. Mm-hmm. So they did that. And ever since then, he's been happy and just messing with clickers week to week. So like, I think the bike change from, from uh, that happened in France free practice yep. is the big thing that's kind of made him happy and unlocked this potential. Obviously, Tim is in championship um, yeah. collection mode, but... It definitely would be great to have seen this bike set up for Jeremy versus Tim to start the year, but we didn't get it, right? Yeah, and yeah. like, um, obviously Jeremy had a concussion as well in Argentina, so that didn't help. But like, it, it would definitely be closer. Put it that way. Yeah. Like, Sewer should not be one hundred and fifteen points down. He mm. should be like forty. Like, that's kind of the levels of the two riders. You're uh, you're super tight with uh, well, maybe super tight isn't the right word, but you're tight with Hurlings. Uh, gonna miss the year. Bad injury, heel, foot. Um, I, I know some guys that have done the same thing that he did. You know, maybe not exactly, but close to it. And this is something that they they never got better. They never got to be. They told me they didn't feel like they ever got back to where their old level was. And with the amount of injuries that Jeffrey has had, it's hard to see him coming in twenty twenty three. Lewis as the guy with what's been going on. But maybe if anybody can, maybe it's Jeffrey. But uh, I think his future is definitely up in the air. Yeah, well, he's already kind of been through that with a foot heel injury because the one he did in 2019, was it? Like, that's been bugging him ever since. And he's said to everyone that mm-hmm. last year, the year before, he was not able to ride like himself because his foot was bugging him. Sand tracks, hard pack tracks, training, racing, like, it was always there. The pain was always there. Yep. Um, so part of the reason he's missed this in entire season is he opted to have another surgery to fix that troublesome foot from 2019 so maybe he actually comes back better which maybe not but maybe at least the same level like you get what i mean the the worst injury has already happened three years ago Mm -hmm. and technically he's taken steps now to fix that so like maybe it's not all doom and gloom yeah well listen the uh, jeffrey hurling's at at top speed would Make for an epic 2023 season. Uh, how close did he come to coming to the America for the Nationals? How close was it? I think we, I think we got like three weeks out. Yep. I think it was that close where like it was happening with two to three weeks to go. Mm-hmm. It was definitely like a game time decision. And I know he said to a few people that the way he was riding, obviously this is his opinion, but the way he said to people that the way he was riding in those two to three weeks before uh, Parler, um, he feels like he could have gone there and won rounds or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. Moto's a championship, whatever. So right. he felt like he felt competitive, he felt and I think, yeah. to be honest, I think I think he does regret it a little bit. Like I think in like the racer inside of him still wishes he went. Um, but I guess you would. Like it's kind of, it's on the bucket list for everyone, isn't it? I think. Like the amount of honestly, the amount of riders 
this year who have told me that, yeah, I want to do two more years in GPs and then I want to go to America. I want to do three more years. Like, yeah. everyone has a plan of some sort in their head. Wow, that's that's easy to say but hard to do and to get support and all of that. Um, from, yeah. from afar, Lewis, how have you taken Antonio Caroli's visit here? And, of course, he's coming back for buds, so depending on when people are listening to this. But how have you – what have you made of it? his, uh, his time here? I think it's been um... – I think it's been what I expected. Like, I never, I don't think the fa- the thought of him winning things never entered my head. I thought that he would be four to six and in the running for a podium on the right day. I feel like that's kind of been what's happened. Um, the biggest surprise to me is that, like, it made so much sense in my mind that he would do Redbud and he would do Southwick and, like, even he's coming back for buds, like you say. And I've asked a few people, like, okay, obviously he's then going to do Iron Man because why wouldn't you? Right. And he's apparently he's he's just doing buds. Oh, and really? Like, that, that's the biggest surprise. Yeah, that's the biggest oh. surprise to me. Like, why? Like, I, I, I can understand maybe he doesn't want to go back to Parlour for a second time. Like, sure. Um, but it doesn't make sense to me that he would go just for buds. And if he's going for buds, why not Unadilla? Like, that's the biggest like thing that I can't get my head around is the scheduling of it. Yeah, I don't get that either. I, I, I thought he was in for the I thought he was in for Iron Man for sure and, and I hadn't heard about Paula. But oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, we do. Yeah, absolutely. Um let's dive into a little bit of your background here. Um how old are you, by the way? Uh, how old am I? Uh, 27 now. 27. I'm, I'm a veteran of the game at this point. Yeah, yeah, you really are. So you're from the UK, uh, England, Wales, I don't know. Let's just say UK. I, I am England officially, I yeah, believe. Okay. Uh, did you race? Did you? How'd you get into dirt bikes? How'd you get into, you know, uh, following your passion and, and covering the sport for a living? What, what started it all? Um, well, I think the same story as everyone. Like my dad raced and was pretty good. Like he did, he did French supercrosses, uh, won a couple, I believe. Like he was like, when I was one years old, two years old, he was like racing in France, racing around Europe, blah, blah, blah. So obviously at that point it's in your blood, isn't it? Like you kind of, you're going to go into motocross one way or another. So then, um, yeah, I raced like, obviously I was terrible. Uh, I had like, there's nothing there's no better way to put it. I was terrible on a bike, but I still raced every weekend until I started doing GPs, really, like weekend warrior type stuff. Um, yeah, just good, like you don't know anything else, do you? I think it's the same for everyone. Like my my path into motocross is very similar to everyone else's, I believe. Maybe not. Um, was your dad upset with you? Yeah. That, was your dad upset with you that you were never any good? Well, my younger brother was a lot better than me, so okay. he kind of like okay. skipped a generation, <laughs> right, right. Um, like which which actually upset me more than anyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm not really sure. I'm still not sure what happened there to this day, to be honest. Right, but, right. <laughs> um, yeah, like obviously when I was like by the time I was like seven years old, I had already decided that. But having a dream of being a pro racer, not going to happen. Not, not, like, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I got that out at a very young age. I got to be 22-ish or so. So, yeah, probably better idea to get it that early, you know? Uh, yeah, um, I, I think I was on a PW50, and I'd already ruled it out at that point. I was like, yeah, this isn't going to happen for me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah exactly. So, so at, that point, at that point, I kind of was like, well, I quite like writing. And I was like, okay, I'll write about motocross then. Like, I'll, I'll do that, sure. Um, and then that, that's like been in my head since I was seven years old and I've never, I've never thought anything different. Like if I didn't end up doing this as a job, I had no plan B at all. Like I based all of my, uh, school qualifications around doing this job, college qualifications around doing this job. Like everything I did from age seven to 15 was, well, I'll be a motocross journalist one day. So I'll just plan for that. Like, yeah, for me, now that I think about it, it's scary be a little bit because i feel like i should have had a backup plan <laughs> okay that's interesting yeah for me like i was in the mechanics end of things right and my dad taught me how to work on a bike because he was a car mechanic and but i will say for me the passion to read every magazine every month was always there i used to i used to bicycle to Seven Eleven to wait for the new motocross action and then i if i saw them on the if they weren't out yet because i knew they came out on tuesdays i think tuesdays or thursdays i don't remember and then I, and if they weren't there, I'd bicycle home, and then I'd bicycle back later a few hours. Sometimes they would be in the blue bin. They would get it delivered in a blue bin, and, yeah. they would, and they would just have the bin on the floor, and I'd be like, hey, can you dig my magazine out? Like, 
that's where I was at. I read everything. I waited. I knew all the pictures. I knew the photographers. I knew the journalists, right? Um, even though I was racing and I wanted to do that, I still was very well read and up on media stuff. Were you the same way? Yeah, no, for sure. Like um, when I was like Jack Bernicle, you were you were watching Jack, you were reading Jack Bernicle back in the day. Well, uh, well, yeah, a little bit of that, but also Racer X, and obviously, like I was still into America from day one. Um, but like, yeah, to match your story, similar thing. We uh, we moved to New Zealand when I was like twelve, and there was one shop that got in international magazines and like chart. Like I think an issue of Racer X cost me like. 15 us dollars yeah like, yeah they were they're ridiculous. massive and it would arrive like it would arrive like three months late so like literally irrelevant to me but i would still be there the day i knew it arrived and pay the ridiculous money and like just because yeah like I, I, again i don't know anything else like that's just kind of was my life growing up like i used yeah. to I, I remember uh when i was 10 i tried doing my own magazine and like not just not just like writing, like I designed a front cover. I oh, came up wow. with a name. Yeah, yeah. I like tried to do a cover to cover magazine, which again, terrible idea. I mean, I was 10. I had no business. I, I don't know what I was thinking, but it was just like something I was obsessed with from yeah day one. But not so much, uh, not so much UK stuff, more American stuff. Did you get other things other than Racer X? Uh, no, yeah. Like there was, um, well, there was always four magazines, Racer X, and then Dirt Bike Rider, yeah, Moto, DBR. and Moto X, yeah. yeah, which are free, uh, free, well, British slash European magazines, I guess. I don't know what you'd call them. Um, like, yeah, but I was mainly into, I was mainly into GPs and America. I still went to British Championship races, but obviously, that doesn't have the bright lights of GPs and America, which is where even those racers want to be. So you're always going to look at those series, aren't you? It's no different to being a rider. Um, you want to get to the best, and I wanted to read about the best. Yeah, interesting. That's uh, that's a yeah, a neat way to start. Uh, did you? Okay, so how old are you? Are you covering just British championships for somebody? Is that what you start? Where you're like, hey, I'll write an article or I'll do a podcast or like, how do you get started? Either paid or not paid in the media. Um, well, the only media stuff I ever did was for MX Vice. So I was, how old would I have been? I think I was fifteen. And I randomly saw MX Vice put up a social post basically saying, like, we need someone to write something for our website. Like, at this point, the website was just a bare-bones website with nothing on it. Okay. And um, this I is James, no James Burfield? Is. James Burfield? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think this would have been, like, six months after he started MX Vice. Okay. Or definitely no later than a year. Um, and I just stumbled across a Facebook post by accident. Like, I had no idea what MX Vice was. I just knew, I just knew that they wanted someone to write something for them. Um, so I did that. I, I messaged and said, like, I'll do anything. Like, I don't want money. I just want to write. Like, give me a chance and I'll let's see where this thing goes. Um, I was still in school at the time. So I was doing that alongside, well, I was in college actually. So I was doing that alongside, um, yeah, contributing for free to MX Vice. But, um, James being James and anyone who knows James Burfield knows this. He is the world's worst replier to any messages. So it took me a solid six months of messaging <laughs> to actually get my free work accepted. <laughs> um, yeah, it took. It was a long time of me going like, "I've got this free work. Yeah, I don't want money. Yeah. Do you want to accept it?" Or is, like, is, is like, this covering? Is this covering uh, uh, British Championships or, or MXGPs? What, what? No, at this point, I was just writing. I was just sending him random opinion pieces. Okay. about anything like uh stewart signing for jgr uh what happened in britain at the weekend uh this gp move like basically whatever i had an opinion on i was just writing a free article and send it like i was basically um burying him in free content because i was like well he's not replying to me and this is a good way to show i'm keen so keep having free articles wow okay yeah neato so so then you kind of learned your craft that way do you ever and like so i, I have I've gone back and read some old observations columns, um, and I'm just like, oh my god, they're horrific! Like just the the use of words and the the the, the, the sentence structure. And have you, have you are you the same way? Yeah, no, I, I get like I get really embarrassed if I look at any of my older stuff, yeah. which makes I don't really understand as well because, like I say, 
I've like I went to college. I've got like a qualification in English language. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really understand how I was so bad. <laughs> yeah, what like, happened? I don't understand how I've kind of self-taught myself better than college did. Which, yeah, like that also makes no sense to me. Yeah, maybe but, um, try to yeah, get a like, refund, right? Yeah. Yeah, I thought I was quite good. Yeah. Um, back in the day, but clearly not. It was terrible. Like I personally, if someone came to me with that writing now, I'd probably tell them to get lost. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. What, uh, what was your first trip as a big time guy? Like a, as a, as a media guy paid and everything to James, uh, it would have been 2013 nations to Chantal, which is actually, oh. I interviewed you there. Really? About, um, yeah, I interviewed you and JT about pulp. I don't remember this. Okay. It was, yeah. it was obviously very memorable for yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Super, <laughs> super memorable. Uh, um, no, I has gone down in your life highlights. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember this at all. Like, uh, uh, not a podcast, like a, for like a recorder interview. Yeah. Just yeah. a written, just a like, uh, just a written thing. Oh, okay. But that was my first, that was my first event as like official media. And yeah. I had no idea how anything works. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to get a seat in the press room. I didn't know how to like, I didn't really understand anything, but then, um, <laughs> But then also on the, at the same time, I kind of blew up on the same weekend because um, I interviewed DaCosta after the race. And that was when he kind of threw Dungey under the bus saying that, like, the bike isn't a problem. Yeah. Um, Dungey just doesn't know how to set a bike up. It's all him. Like, <laughs> typical no Raj. Right, yeah. yeah, typical yeah. Raj. But also, funny story behind that. So obviously at the time, I was quite young and didn't look like a member of the media. Um, I walked up to him with a little dictaphone. And he, he looked at me and went, do you want an autograph? And I was like, uh, no, an interview? Yeah. So I imagine that he probably gave me an interview not really caring what he was saying. Yes. He probably thought that I was just going to like send it into school or something. I right, right. He's just like, this guy's obviously not in the media for real. He's just yeah. Yeah, doing something for fun. So oh, he that's, actually that's, gave me my big break. That's awesome. Guy. Yeah, that, that, that's great. Yeah, Rogers. Yeah, because then that, like, um, that like that interview obviously got shared on Racer X. It got shared on Transworld. It got shared everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly, like to see, like oh, an interview by Lewis Phillips, like written on Racer X. I was like, okay, yeah, that must I have like been pretty this. cool. Yeah, I, so I really how, like this. How did Racer X get it, and how, how did that all come together? I wonder. I think it was just like like power of social media, isn't it? Like, oh, okay, yeah. Um, I shared it with like a, a juicy quote or whatever. Mm -hmm. One person shared it, and then eventually it ends up in the right person's hands who shares it with Weed or whoever, and then they read it. Like, um, but even that, like the, the grammar on that was terrible. Like, even, I'm I'm surprised like everyone didn't blackball me from the industry at that point. <laughs> uh, so now you were off and running, and that was it. That was your your your. Uh... I guess yeah, your start, right? Kind of, kind of neat. Yeah, but yeah. that was a, it. Was kind of like I kind of grew with MX Vice because, like, okay, equally, okay, no one knew who I was at that point, but no one knew who MX Vice was at that point. So like that interview was my big break, but also MX Vice's big break. So like the the two things kind of went hand in hand all along. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you handle um, all the different languages in the paddock? And obviously, like, there's some of that here in America, but not much. Uh, you know, you gotta have a little bit of relationship and 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 kind of know sarcasm and know seriousness. And when a guy doesn't speak the language, or he, you know, you don't speak his language or whatever, some things can get lost in translation. Is that a is that a major? Um, I don't want to say problem, but a major uh, uh, obstacle for you over there. No, it's it is a problem for sure. Like obviously, there are a lot of guys who speak like amazing English, and yeah. you wouldn't even know they're foreign. But then there are some guys who I purposely like. I'll kind of steer away from interviewing because I'm like, it's just going to be a very basic interview with no, like, because they're just going to struggle through it and try and piece their English words together. Um, it, it's gotten less of a problem. I feel like it's, I feel like it's quite good at the moment with the amount of people who speak English, but like you mentioned sarcasm. There's been a few times this year where I've like been walking around and just made a joke. Like, I think I can't remember where, who it was with, but I made a joke at my own expense, like a sarcastic joke. Mm -hmm. And they looked at me like I was deadly serious and like they wanted to hug me. And I was like, no, I was joking. Like, it's fine. <laughs> and then I had to do like the five minute process of explaining the yeah. joke. And like, yeah. this is why I thought it was funny. Like, please don't call someone. It's fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, cause that's where I always get, I always say it as well. Like in America, I feel like, news gets like i feel like news gets to you through agents gear guys goggle guys like all of those people mm -hmm. whereas 
those people especially don't speak anything other than their own language because why would they need to? Like, obviously, the riders have to learn English. So I get my gossip and my news from the riders. But there's no, like, gear guys. If there's a uh, take an Italian gear brand, the gear guy for that brand is only going to speak to uh, is only going to speak Italian because he doesn't really have a need to speak English. So like, it kind of like it kind of makes the paddock a smaller place and sure. almost makes it like there's little clicks. Like there's an Italian click and an English speaking click and a like it is a, it is a bit of a weird deal. But like I say, like. Um, like Hurlings, you wouldn't know that he doesn't speak English as a first language. Sewer guys are like, mm-hmm. all of the top guys are perfect. But once you get to, like, take a perfect example, um, the Alex Ray of Europe, you never would have been able to turn into this little superstar. Sure, yeah. Because yeah. the language never would have allowed it. Yeah, it's a good point, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, it's well said there. I never really thought of that, but it's got to be definitely an obstacle for you for sure. Can you, um, you know, like I can text Roxon or Tomac and just about anybody outside of Anderson and get an answer or, you know, get an interview or whatever. Um, you know, obviously Anderson doesn't like me. And it's funny because I've been bicycle riding with his with his agent the last uh, little while. He lives in, His agent lives in Vegas here. Um, and, well, that's um, Lilden yeah. Bridges. Yeah, well, whatever. I don't even care that much. But can you can you get a hold of everybody, Lewis? For you, can you? Is there people that are off limits, um, or can you get answers if you need them? No, everyone is good except for Koldenoff, who doesn't like me strongly. Yeah, yeah so uh, Koldenoff is your Anderson. Yes. Yeah. He, yes. I I, th- I thought we were getting better, but then there have been a few signs lately that actually we've gone worse. Yeah, because there was, there, wasn't there communication maybe three months ago or yeah, something? Yeah, right? I really yeah. thought, I was even I was even gearing myself up to like go up to him and go, we good? And then lately I've been told to back away from that. Like, no. Not good. <laughs> like, yeah. do, not, do not try and do that. It's like, oh, okay, wow. Sweet. Okay. So, but but um, you can, no, like the biggest else. names, Hurlings, Caroli, Geyser, you can get uh, on during a yeah, Wednesday like, on a Wednesday. Really good. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, this has been like my little secret. What has bonded me with these riders is America because I'll talk to them about their stuff and then I'll go, oh, did you watch the Supercross last night? And then they're fans at that point. Yeah. So like, then, then we're just having a conversation as fans of the sport. And then like, so now like the riders will text me about, oh, did you see this pass? How, how do I watch Unadilla? Um, like I've right. kind of become like the little, like the little, oh, I'll talk to that guy about America. <laughs> Right, right. Um, yeah, interesting. Oh, that's it. That's neat. Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast with Lewis Phillips from MX Vice uh, on here uh, talking about how we get started and everything else. So, hey, so but I like um, like your style to me. Um, I've had you in the studio. You've come to America. You know, I know you pretty well. I, I, I like your style in that you take things serious when you need to be, but you also, you know, you, you have sarcastic, you're funny, you've got your dry English humor. Um, I like all that because I feel like I'm that way, you know, like we're not curing cancer here and I like to have fun with the, the shows I do and the riders. Right. And, uh, you know, troll train and Phil and just, it goes on and on. Right. And I yeah. feel like you're the same way with sewer and some of your guys. And I wish, I wish you would do a little bit more with Ferrato because, uh, you know, he is, we're getting there. Yeah. We're yeah. getting there. Um, I said chow to him earlier. But but when you have uh, an incident like you had a French GP where the riders boycotted the Saturday qualifying and David Luongo hauled you in and the, you know you were insinuating on Twitter that you know you you were coming under fire from uh, in front a little bit and all of this you know that now it's serious now it's you know now you have influence how do you how how do you handle that uh, does it get frustrating or are you able to sort of does it get you down a little bit because. I have at times been frustrated and been like, you know what? Fuck this. Like this guy, like this promote the Feld, uh, Feld guys are mad at me or whoever. And, and how do you handle it? How, how does that stuff go? Like you recently had that kind of stuff happen to you. Yeah. Like, um, it's weird because, well, like three years ago when I was much newer in the industry, like coming under fire would have destroyed me. Cause I'd be like, Oh, career over. That's my name. Like blackballed forever. This year with the whole France thing, well, first of all, I was deadly confident that I did it right. Like, I knew 100% that I did everything by the book, correct journalism, mm-hmm. uh, got both sides of the story, didn't didn't dramatize it, like, ask for facts. So, like, I genuinely felt in myself that I did everything absolutely perfect. And, like, a few people even told me that. So, I, at that point, I was like, well, 
I don't care what anyone's going to say because I believe yeah. that this was handled the right way, so whatever. Yep. Um, it's also handy because, well, going back to what you said about um, like there's a time to be serious and there's time there's mm-hmm. a time to not, like genuinely, maybe this will sound big-headed, but one of the biggest things that I hold like as my greatest accomplishment or whatever is I genuinely feel like Hurlings, Sewer, Jonas, Watson, like I feel like I've done a lot to help their fan base uh, help their recognition, help people realise that they are actually, like, funny, cool people and, like, oh, I'll support him because he made me laugh. Like, I genuinely feel like I've done a lot to help MXGP in that way. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I explained when I um, when I was getting... Well, there's been a, quite a lot this year because manufacturers aren't really caught up on that and they would rather go back to, like, let's wait and find out the results by newspaper on Friday. Like, they don't understand why this guy is trying to make the riders laugh. And, like, yeah. they don't really get that. But, like, I've said to them this, I've said to them this year, like, <laughs> again, it sounds weird, but I sat down with one manufacturer and they kind of lit me on fire. And I said, like, I kind of feel like I deserve a thank you because <laughs> I've made this ri- I've made your rider so much more marketable that you can take that to a sponsor now. Like, go to your title sponsor and get more money because you've now got, like, a more desirable athlete. Like, yeah, yeah, sure, he's killing it on track, but now he's killing it off track as well. Like, you're welcome. Like, I, like, I kind of was a bit like, I don't really understand the issue. Like, if anything, yeah, give me a medal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they, and I'm guessing they didn't, they didn't see it that way? No. No, there was, one, <laughs> there was one manufacturer who I turned, and they were like, I get it now. And that was, that was like, my come to whatever the – I can't remember what the saying is – some, that was my come to Jesus, light come moment. to Jesus moment. That one, yes. Um, I don't know if that's the right saying for the situation, but yeah, like, like I even I said the same to in front as well. I was like, this is where like getting the riders' opinions on things and getting them to open up and be funny and like push for limits and maybe say things they shouldn't do is kind of how MXGP needs to grow now because for American fans and things like they need to realise that these are more than just racers. Like these are actually funny people who you can who you can root for because they're actually just mm-hmm. real people at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I say, I feel like I've done a lot for that with Hurlings because I think a lot of people have said to me like before I started interviewing him, they kind of just thought he was an arrogant guy who just raced and didn't really do much else. Yeah, I mean, he's like, definitely he definitely had got to know he, he had some rough PR moments over the years. Absolutely, you know. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I got him out of his shell a little bit, and like we had like we have laughs on record and like I can take the piss out of him and he accepts it. And like, like it kind of shows a different light, doesn't it? Right. Absolutely. So, okay. Going back to this French GP thing, uh, you know, in front's not happy with you, Dave. And you know, you go to David, you get his words. I listened to both sides and a uh, sewer and, uh, and then um, David. Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, that stuff is where you're, you know, I think you handled it right, but obviously you're still going to piss people off. Yeah. And well, my biggest issue and I've, I've kind of said, explain to the people who are angry with me that this is why they're angry at me. Um, obviously, in America, uh, if you're not going to do it, then Anton will or Weege will. Or, like, there's endless media guys who will do it if you don't. Whereas in Europe, like, a few people did say to me, like, well, if you weren't in France, then this whole thing would have just got swept under the rug. And it's like, well, yeah, but also, <laughs> like... It's like I kind of was just doing my job, and like it is kind of good I'm there. Like let's yeah. like, let's turn this negative into a positive a little bit. Yeah. But like there there was that there was a lot of that where like well if that Lewis guy wasn't in France, then <laughs> that would have happened, been squashed, and then would have gone away. Yeah, and it's like. I, I get that, I do, but also like we need to live in 2022 a little bit and I, move forward. You definitely seem to me to take a more U.S media approach to the mxgps i've been to a bunch of gps you know i've been to endless motocross to nations and it's a very quiet press room very structured a lot of team people there doing things you know uh wheeler shows up every now and then but he likes street bike racing a lot more now um you're you seem like you're more like you know because you've been in the press box and supercrosses and we're we're laughing yelling and you know bug taking the shit out of each other and, and and I feel like you take that a little bit to Europe, or you've tried to. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's like been a conscious decision. Like, obviously, doing podcasts and doing post-race podcasts, I I looked at it and I was like, well, why isn't this happening in Europe? Like, 
I'll give it a go. Yeah. Like, why not? It's, a, it's an open field kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't know if it's a conscious thing to try and bring laughs and everything, but I, it's, I guess it's kind of my personality a little bit because I am very sarcastic and I do like, like, I like to make jokes at my own expense and others' expense and everyone's yeah. expense. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but I, like, you know, I went to GPs in 06, 07, 08. There, there's Jeff Meyer there. There's the Bulmer there. And, these guys are ultra serious. They take the sport ultra serious. They're, they're everything's the, a personal affront to attack on the MXGPs. Like if you say anything, you know they, they take it personally. Like I insulted their mother, and and I, I always shook my head a little bit. Like guys, just comp, you're not put your ego away, man. You're just in the media. You're just typing on a website, taking a photo. Yeah, um, yeah like even um, like when we got to Indonesia this year, the track looked amazing, and a few people said to me like, oh you can take your American tracks and beat it because look how good this track is. And I was like, they're not like, I just like motocross. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, said, I said, I said to a few people as well, when I was getting heat over this as well this year, like I'm going to enjoy watching MXGP tomorrow. And then I'm going to go straight to the hotel, turn on my laptop and enjoy watching pro motocross because mm-hmm. I'm a fan of motocross. Like sue me. I know, I know that's outrageous, but I don't really care what championship I'm watching. It's all good. And yeah. we can love it all. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like yeah. that's a crime. Yeah, you don't got to pick a side here. You don't got to, you know, I, the same thing with the World Supercross, right? Like, I get some DMs about, you've always been against it. And I'm just like, what? What are you talking about? How many times can I say, hey, another series that pays riders and teams is good for me? Like, I absolutely believe that. And I could go watch this Wales, quote unquote, Supercross race and, and enjoy the shit out of it and then go watch Anaheim and enjoy the shit out of it. It doesn't matter, you know? Yeah, I, like, obviously, yeah. yeah. If it clashed with Anaheim, that would be a bit of a different story. But if it's on an off, off weekend, why wouldn't you cover it, enjoy it, watch yeah. it? Like, why not? Yeah, it's, yeah. I don't be stupid to not. Do I don't that. profit personally from either series doing well or shitting or falling apart or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I just cover the racing and talk to riders and teams. That's it. So, um, and so, do you think like, you know, again, you've mentioned that in front hasn't always been stoked with you. I mean, I've had Feld try to take my credential away years ago and now they give me a race but um uh how is in front with you over the years it's is and so i would i would categorize my my relationship with feld as ups and downs (laughs) uh more ups lately than downs but ups and downs and sometimes i'm not happy with them and they're not happy with me and it's part of the game do you feel that way with in front no to be fair mine has been like to be fair, they have always supported like my vision of where to take media and doing podcasts and blah, blah, blah. Um, there was just obviously that one down this year where my negativity was maybe per- uh, seen as too negative. Although I wouldn't even say I was negative, but still. Yeah. That yeah. sleeping dogs lie and stuff. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, rather than ups and downs, it's actually been up, up, up and then big down right <laughs> and now we're and now we're now it's good again um i think well this kind of goes back to, <coughs> sorry uh, this kind of goes back to what you were saying about um people saying like you've always been against world supercross blah 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 um i feel like this year this is my something i've come up with as i've been getting grief in different directions i feel like people have been struggling to figure out or they've been trying to figure out what my game is. Like, what's this guy's agenda? And then, like, coming up with their own wild theories yeah. whilst completely missing the fact that actually I have no game or agenda. That's that's basically how I would sum up this year. Like, everyone's yeah. been like, well, what is his game? Like, what's he trying to do here? It's like, oh, actually, nothing. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of just, like, I'm just covering the sport. Like, there's yeah, no I, master plan here. I, I'm the same way, right? Uh, yeah, I got no master plan here, man. I'm not... Uh... I'm not a shill for MX Sports or Feld or the World Supercross or, or anything. I just, like, yeah, just want to cover the sport and have some laughs, you know? Um, yeah, no, but that's definitely uh, how I would sum up 2022 for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you've been to America a lot to watch some Supercrosses. You've hung out with, uh, with us media guys. What's the major difference between and, – and, you know, like I've talked to many uh, media guys that have come over, and, and they're always like, hey, I can't – now, it's a little – I'm not the greatest guy to, to talk about this because I have good relationships with these guys and I do feel like I, you know, I can go in their motorhomes and talk to these guys. But from the, the foreign journalists that I talk to, they tell me that the access and the way the American riders are isn't as good as Europe. Where do you stand on this? What's your differences uh, you know, from the American riders to the, to the MXGP guys? 
But yeah, from what I've seen and stuff, I've, like I feel like the I feel like the top guys in America are definitely more closed off. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, it's the same thing. Like maybe they're not with you, so maybe that it is just like you'd probably come to a GP and you'd go, "Ah, oh, getting hurlings, getting sewer, getting whoever is so difficult," and I'd be like, I, "Really? I, like, I can't get hurlings. I've tried a few times. Uh, I can't can't get them. He's he'll be gone after like." He'll be gone right after the moto, or or swarmed by media guys, and I, you know, I didn't want to wait or whatever. But other than that, it's always been good. I I've told the story a few times. I went to Lomo GP one year. This is Bobershaf year, Caroli year era, that kind of era. And I went to go talk to Antoni after the race, and Jill said he was uh, doing the drug testing, and to, showed me where to go. And I go to this little room, and dude, like. All 10 guys are hanging out waiting to go pee for drug testing, laughing and joking. They literally were just battling, you know, 20 minutes before. And that would never happen in America. There'd be gear guys and agents. There, like They're not all just, I mean, some of them are, but this was literally the top 10 in the class, you know, laughing and joking about, yeah. you know, trying to pee. You know, they're all dehydrated and all that. That is a little different than America for sure. No, and I've had that exact um, situation in the Lommel doping room. And again, like they've all been in the same room, and I've been like, uh, "Does someone want to do an interview?" Yeah, yeah and like yeah. they'll be like, "Yeah, sure," right. and, like, but they'll do it right in front of the other riders. And, yeah, like, yeah. Like, happily talk to me. Oh yeah, my bike was shit today. Um, I was struggling with this setup, and I really need to find this. And I'm like, "You really want to be saying this in front of these people?" Like, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, like I guess you'd you'd never get that in America. No, then, you d- you don't get that in America. Also, right? Yeah. My 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 rebuttal to that would be okay. Maybe you lose that in America, mm-hmm. but then, as I said earlier, you have so much more scope to do more with the uh, fifteenth back riders. Yes. Whereas those are pretty yep. much like there's nothing you can do in Europe because they're so segregated by their nationality, language, blah blah blah. Um, are so, there like, ri- I guess are, it's are there prominent riders that cannot speak English? I don't think so no. anymore. Yeah. No, well, no, no, prominent riders, no. Like I say, everyone in the top 10, 15 Ish. is yep. good. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's more like the wild cards. Of, like, if you have someone turn up who, like, out of nowhere for one race and who absolutely kills it, chances are, yeah. like, they're not really going to have much. Like, okay, they'll be able to string an interview together, but you're not yeah. going to get much out of it. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, Fly Racing, please check them out on the line if you can. Uh, 2023 stuff is out now. Fly Racing, a big part of MX Vice, big part of Pulp MX. And all of that, thanks to the folks at Fly Racing, Justin Brayton, RJ Hampshire, Joey Savachi, Run and Fly, amongst others. Please check it out. Uh, head to toe, they've got you covered. Motorsport.com, free shipping on everything over 79 bucks. Uh, Motorsport.com, great dedicated team of gearheads there. Uh, Lewis, if you've got a street bike or a UTV or a dirt bike, which you probably have none of those, Motorsport can get you parts for those. I do have none of those, but I will still order from Motorsport just to support you. Thank you. You're welcome. We'll go through the banner yes. on PulpMX or PulpMX.com to help us, to really help us. Okay. I won't do that right now because I'm on the phone. Yeah. But once I hang up, I'll okay. do that. All right. Uh, Filthy Phil Nicoletti and uh, Ryan Villapoto and more using Motorsport.com. Thank you to folks at Cobalinks as well. K-O-U-B-A links.com. Please check them out uh, on the web if you can. And they're lowering suspension link from everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. So if, you've got, if you're shorter of stature, your wife or girlfriend is, you want to get some confidence, you want to get better plushness from your suspension, uh, put on a Cobalinks. You can get them from Motorsport. And, uh, and yeah, have the bike fit you a little better and enjoy riding it a little better. Cobalinks, the best part. Everything's made up there in Boise, Idaho, and free shipping with the code PulpMX and a discount. PulpMX code at Cobalinks.com. And, of course, thank you to the Renthal and Maxis guys as well. All Balls Racing, of course, on this podcast as well with Lewis Phillips. Um, Lewis, which, uh, which American riders do you enjoy dealing with? Or do you, do you have a good rapport with, do you think, uh, from being over here a few times? To be, well, I'll, you know what? I'll say... Something that has surprised me, mm-hmm. which has definitely surprised me, is the amount of American riders who recognize me or immediately know who I am because of covering GPs. Like, I would never think that so many American riders, like, actually are, are A, really following GPs, and B, so aware of it that they can pick out a journalist. Yeah. Um, yep. But, like, like the last two times or so I've been over and just like going around places and like showing my face in different areas. Um, 
Like the amount of like the amount of riders who I've tried to do like an awkward introduction, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we know who you are." I'm yeah. Like, uh, uh, really? Like, oh, cool. I, like, I don't really know where to go from there because, like, what? But like, it, that has like quite surprised me. Obviously, there are a lot of um, there are a lot of riders in America now who I have dealt with mm-hmm. uh, either at nations or in GPs, like the Lawrence brothers and stuff like that. So that 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 help. helps yeah. because they like that bridges the gap a little bit. Well, one um, yeah, time no, that's definitely like, that's definitely surprised me like quite a lot. One time there was a journalist here named Mr. Side who uh, forgot Justin Starling's name while he was interviewing him. I hope that's never happened to you. No, that sounds horrific. I feel like if that happened to me, I'd probably um, <laughs> go over to the dark side. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe good one. Uh, <laughs> I, I, hey, don't forget your your time on the Pulp MX show has probably helped your your your. Uh, Yes, this is true. Street cred, this, huge. This is true, actually. <laughs> and I'll, t- I'll tell you what, actually. <laughs> I'll tell you what. In my When I've been getting like beaten down, I have said to a few people, like, hey, um, I, I phone into Pulp to talk about GPs. If I didn't do that, no one else will. No? And they didn't really take that as positive as I would have liked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite think that's a strike in the positive column for me. I mean, look, there may or may not have been a few jokes about 14 riders on the line in a GP on Pulp MX show a few times. But, uh, you know, but yeah, other than that, that I, I agree. I think that would help. But when you call in and talk about things, uh, the series, and it's in a positive manner, it's, it's you know, a Q&A, right? So, yeah, it's uh, good coverage. Uh, right. I, I would think so, but yeah, I guess not. I guess, I guess some people not. Um, <laughs> your goal, come to America and, and work here? And like, I mean, look, I came from Canada. Uh, I could relate a little bit. But shit, man, I'm only a four-hour flight away from mom and brother and my nieces and everything. If you want to come to America and cover here, that that is a, a big step for you, leaving uh, your family behind and and all of that. But I know you want to try to do it. But dude, that's a big big effort. Yeah, no, I, I need to. I know I need. Well, like I said, how the whole um, I know I've I've known that I want to be a writer about motocross since I was seven years old. Like since I was seven years old. Also, the like subcategory of that dream has been American journalist. So, like, like people think people think that I just hate GPs and I don't want to be here, but that's that's not true. Like, this has also been a dream, and like going to Udavala for the first time and Lockett for the first time is like I walk in and I'm like, wow, that's how like I can't believe I'm here. But also on the on the flip side. I also want to be able to do that with Unadilla, well, Red Bud, I've been to, but like Washougal, um, all of those places. Like, I want to walk in there for the first time and kind of do it slash see it for myself. Like, that's all, like, if I never, if I never got to America, that would be a big, big, big regret. And obviously, obviously, um, I did have an opportunity um, with Racer X a couple of years ago five years ago four years mm-hmm. ago yep. but i was very young and dumb at that point <laughs> do you re- should you have taken it do you regret that or uh i no, i don't well at that point i was i would say that i was still a complete unknown so i probably would have gone to america and got like swallowed up by the system and just been another mm-hmm. unrecognizable face whereas i feel like now in gps i've established myself in the motocross world enough where no matter where I work, I will like I at least have something behind my name rather than just being yeah. a random guy, which I would have been back then. But obviously, yeah, I do think about it sometimes and think like how different things could be. Yeah, I, I you know what, honestly, I, I can remember my first few years as a mechanic in the in the US and you know, I wasn't a media guy and and, and I was a mechanic, but I can remember being like in Anaheim Stadium and I should probably think more about this stuff, Lewis, because I'm pretty cynical now and pretty jaded and like grouchy, right? A lot of times, but um, I can remember being a mechanic and being at Anaheim Stadium, LA Coliseum, all these places, and being like, "I can't believe I'm here. This is the coolest thing in the world." I cannot, like, I really—that's how I used to feel. And, and and you know, obviously, time changes things and everything else. But man, I, as a kid from Canada who grew up reading these things and re, and re, you know, I can't, I couldn't believe at times what I was getting to do. Couldn't believe it. Yeah, like, you know. Um, well, the first American race I went to as a fan was Anaheim One, two thousand and seven. I went there on holiday, obviously with my family. I was eleven or something. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I was I was beside myself. I, very, I was pretty sure I very nearly had a breakdown. 
like the excitement coming out of my body was not natural or healthy <laughs> or like I, I remember I can remember sitting in the car on the way to the stadium like like shaking uncontrollably because I was like oh my god like Anaheim what is here and I am here and like like <laughs> right. like honestly far too much way over the line like yeah. if anyone saw this little 11 year old British kid yeah uh that day I'm sorry because I was probably a right pain in the ass and annoying and just embarrassing but like yeah no like I say like I, I that'll stick with me forever because it is such a like a dream and a place to be and, and like I say the MXGP riders here tell me the same thing for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah. even even the, even the ones that don't really have uh, aspirations of racing in America or don't think they could do it, like there are still some that go, "I have to go and watch Anaheim one one year." Like it's on my bucket list to go there as a fan and see it for myself. Like that, like that is out there. Yeah. I, think, I think it's something that ninety nine percent of European motocross people, whether you're in the industry or out of it, like just dreams about and i don't know why i mean obviously phil do a great job with their marketing i guess to get europe that into it but um, um yeah like i don't i don't think it's like i don't think it's um unique to just me but no I, I remember goche paul in telling me i i gotta get to america i would dream of it it's my dream of being there ferrandis has told me that these are guys who are winning gps and ferrandis told me this at bercy one year like maybe the last year he did it on a cowie for for CLS or whatever, and and Goche was saying the same thing, and and you and yeah, I I think to myself, you guys sound like such fanboys right now, and you're winning GPS, <laughs> you know, like yeah, totally. It, it, this is you know, yeah, this, like um, this is the way it goes, yeah. Like uh, the first round of the outdoors this year, um, uh, I can't remember what I think I was in Spain for the GP, and that Saturday. I did not do a single bit of work because every single rider I bumped into, they didn't care about their day, uh, their race, their bike setup. They literally would stop me and go, what do you think is going to happen tonight? And then I'd often, I'd say something and then they'd give me their 15 minute speech on like, yeah. oh, I think Sexton's going to be good because of this. And last year, Tomac was good there. Like, you know, like, like you say, fully fanboy, fully into it. Not like a, Mm-hmm. Not like a just a sweeping. Yeah, I think Tomac will win. Right, like, right. A full yeah. analysis of um, like thoughts and this happened in the past and I watched this last year and I heard this interview. Like there are there are a lot of GP riders who listen to Pulp. Oh, oh, what do you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Would you believe it? No, I, I wouldn't. So you talked about you know interviewing DeCoster and getting that break and you know kind of getting some really good quotes from Roger and all that. Uh, the flip side of this, Lewis, what have you done where you're like, oh, that wasn't good, or oh boy, I got the you know I got the wrong side of the story, or or I shouldn't have released this when I did, or has there been a couple of oops moments for you? There must have been, but for some reason, nothing's oh, how convenient, to my how convenient, Lewis no, is perfect. There's been a there's been a <laughs> there's been a few there's been a few of like I like the 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 actual content wasn't bad, but I'm like, after it's been explained to me, I'm like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have pressed publish on that. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. If I'd known the full story, I would have just like deleted that interview straight away. I didn't realize there was this backstory to it or mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's blah, happened blah, to blah, me. Blah. Yep. That's happened to me for sure. Yep. But then also I think, I think that's probably like less of a case for me because again, it's kind of just me covering this championship. So when I'm just like bashing around the paddock by myself doing interviews, like it's there's less like um other sides coming out and it's kind of just whatever side i get is the side so <laughs> like like it kind of makes it quite easy for yeah. me to be honest well i can think of a couple people i made fun of in my columns or shows over the years and then you know they were really hurt by it and i got angry phone calls and i'm like yeah man i don't know like i was just having fun sorry you know what i mean i didn't really realize this would get oh. to you you know things like that you know is this is this a platform for me to officially apologize to Coldenoff? Yeah. I feel like this is this is this is what you were angling at. I never knew what you well, I never knew what you did to old Glenn. Listen, I've made fun of Glenn's sunglasses. I saw him for years and he had these windshields on his face and I'm like, "Glenn, your face is too skinny and small to be wearing those big sunglasses." So, I mean, maybe you didn't like me. I don't know. No, it's, no, the only thing the only thing that started all of that is after he went 1-1 at Redbud, uh yeah, Redbud for the Nations. Um everyone 
in the world was going, oh, Jeffrey versus Glenn for the 2019 MXGP title. Who have you got? And everyone who told me that, I just kind of went, that's not that, that's not a question. Like, no. Glenn cannot compete with Jeffrey for a title. Like, I have stats, I have numbers, I have results, I have many, many sources of data to, like, argue with you on this but um again that would that would put me under the negative yeah attitude right right that i've mentioned before yeah you probably probably don't want to do that right no i probably should have just gone like oh, i don't know man <laughs> <laughs> well same thing you know same thing with uh um, your guy max and and i don't you know i mean we're fine now but i don't think i'm making his christmas card list you know um, i think i think he wants you back i think you can i think you can rebuild that oh you think i hope so i hope so um, i think i think that you i think you're going to be back one day i can see it coming he's, well he came on the show afterwards so we did have that uh although i think that was just because you told him he should he he fist bumped you at anaheim one i believe what did he i don't remember that oh yeah because he texted me straight after and said i fist bumped mathis i think we're good oh okay good sweet <laughs> <laughs> good I, i'm glad i'm glad i can i'm very i'm very in-depth in this situation yeah you're, like you're, counselor. you are yeah you, you are into this thing um red bud motocross donations i don't know when people are going to hear this thing but it's coming up look um approximately uh 18 of my group texts are fighting about the team selection and fighting about how they're going to do and and I honestly, Lewis, I never chime in because if you had told me at the last Red Bud Des Nations that America was not going to make the podium, never mind win, just not make the podium, I would have said, you're crazy, you're an idiot, and you should be hauled away by the cops. So now fool me once, you're not going to fool me twice. They look like, USA look like they have a good team on paper if they go Craig or Cooper, either one with Sexton and Tomac. But dude, what's going to happen, Lewis? I mean, they got to make the podium this time, right? Every every single year, I would bet on USA winning. Like even Assen, I felt like it was going to happen. Um, and this year, oh, I mean, like Tomac and Sexton are riding unbelievably well at the moment. Like I do not think that there is a GP rider on track currently. Disclaimer: on track currently that can run that pace. Like mm -hmm. I believe we're going to go to Red Bud and uh, whatever way you, you shake it out, class wise, um, Tomac and Sexton will win their individual motos. Actually, I've said this to a few people. I think that this year will go a lot like St. Jean in 2011, where um, Dungeon Villapoto basically went 1-2 uh, and one, like did what they yeah. needed to do. Yep. I think Villapoto went 3-1 and Dungey went 2-2 two, two or something like that. Basically did all they could. And then Baggett went 17-17, but it didn't really matter because the 450 guys basically like did everything. Mm -hmm. I think that it will go like that for USA this year, where... It doesn't really matter what the 250 guy is going to do because Tomac and Sexton will dominate so bad that unless the 250 rider DNFs or does something completely stupid, um, yeah. the USA will win. Like, I can't see a way that the USA doesn't win. And if the USA doesn't win, it will be Australia, which the USA can kind of claim because two <laughs> of the riders will race there. So <laughs> I don't think the Americans that I know would claim that, Lewis. I don't know if you've been here much, but yeah, I don't know. No, but I'm trying to, I'm just trying to like, you know, yeah. smooth it over. Either yeah. way, USA is going to win. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, from your mouth to God's ears, man, I don't know. They didn't make the damn podium the last time. So, you know, I guess weather, it is weather dependent a little bit. Um, I don't think there are any other teams that can really like do anything about about it because like okay if holland had jeffrey then maybe that would put the pressure on a little more yeah um but then like their team's good but not maybe not as well obviously not as great as it could be um italy looks italy is probably the best team that they could possibly have but no, then again, no, no it's not no it's not okay sorry sorry no it is not um, but you know well, we look forward to the protests at Red Bud as what? you and Albie burn an Italian flag how, together. How can I um, can I pay you? I don't know which one you need to hit in the knee, not Tony, but which of the other two guys you need to hit in the <laughs> knee like Nancy Kerrigan. Well, but, yeah. Um, do you want, like, I'm here to give you good news. I'm, I'm the giver of good news. Yeah. Uh, the, team's, the team's MX2 rider, Adamo, he twisted his knee last weekend. So he's racing this weekend. But it's shaky ground already. But can so we maybe an in? But can we can we get back into Finish fighting shape? No, can we get back oh. in fighting shape for a, for a two fifty? <laughs> oh, that went in a different direction quite quickly. Um, no, I'll tell you this. I will tell you this. 
I saw Albie in Sweden last weekend. He's ripped. Oh. I've never seen him so small. Nice. Nice. I almost didn't recognize him. I like to hear that. Thank you. I don't know why this wasn't possible in the MX2 days. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> everybody matures at a different time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what, like, what stopped him from going to the gym in the MX2 days, but he looks like a different man now. Oh, I love to hear it. Love to hear it. Well, let's hope Adamo's knee is. Uh, keeps getting worse and and we get we get ourselves on the team you know let's hope it gets better but not too much better <laughs> yeah 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 exactly that's it uh fly racing racer x podcast with lewis phillips from mx vice anything else did we miss anything uh no i, I just strongly yeah. believe that america's gonna win a nation uh, i know like, I'm, I can't, I'm sold can't go there i, I just can't i can't go there i, I wish i could I, I can't i don't know what happened last time and i mean you're right about no Jeffrey and Italy and guys. Well, guys are, I mean, he's not, his country isn't a factor anyways, but uh, hey, what about your team? It's straight out of 2007. Good job on that. Yeah. we um, Being British or English or Welsh or whatever we are. Yeah. Where's, um, where's Wales team in the MXDN? I'm anxious, anxiously waiting for Wales to enter a team. They don't make it. Well, you know? they, funnily enough, they do race under Britain. So whatever, whatever way you shake it. Um, <laughs> But no, being British, we don't like to take chances or step outside of our comfort zone, so we just do the same thing over and over. Sir Wilson and Anstey. Yes, the who's, same thing over and over. Who's on the small bike? Uh, Anstey, because oh. he's doing 250s World Supercross. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like, it makes sense to just get one race under his belt on a 250. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it. Really, really cool uh, to have known you the last few years and seen your rise up in the uh, MXGP uh, journalism world um, and always fun to have you in the uh, Pulp MX show and you're even a good sport when you know we try to make fun of you for the lack of trivia knowledge about really anything other than the moto so I, st I still believe that in that music trivia contest I still believe I did well and I held my own <laughs> listen I don't care I, what you say I don't know if I told you this but Charles Caslew texted me the next day and said he did even worse than you he played the game and, yeah, uh, he's my new best friend. Yeah, and he said I did worse than Lewis. And I said, what? United, <laughs> we are strong. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the time, man. Enjoy the GP at Finland. Uh, make sure you punch Yanni uh, in the face for me and tell him I said hi. Uh, always, always a good guy to, uh, to see there in Finland. And, uh, and thanks for the time on the podcast, man. No stress. Thanks for having me. All right, see ya. This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners.